Hey everybody and welcome back to this podcast, well my podcast, uh, Time Out. This is episode 4 and once again my name is Kira Fletcher, let's get started. So um, in this episode I'm going to be talking about how we can better the police force um, around America because I think that's something that definitely needs to change and something that has been talked about quite often and that just needs to continue to be talked about until we find um, solutions and, you know, actions to really better our police force. So um, first off, just want to start this with saying that obviously not all police departments are bad but there is room for improvement even in the best um in the best departments and one of the main issues i think that go into why we have some of our policing troubles and it's because of profiling um profiling whether that be racial profiling um i think that's something that is definitely a problem when it comes to policing here in the United States. I mean, that's just facts. And something that I think that can definitely help with that is there just needs to be some sort of mandatory bias uh, training, training and testing. Um, Testing would be great just because before you know there any there's any type of training that goes into place i think it's um it's definitely important as the captain of that police department what your officers think implicitly what they're thinking where when they're in the field day in and day out you know um where does their shoot or don't shoot decision making come from? Um, if they are a white person, are they less likely to shoot at a perpetrator than a black person? If so, that needs to be known. And I think that is something that we often just not, yeah, we avoid it. Because uh, I definitely don't think that race is a comfortable thing to talk about. But when you have people that do not always look like you and you have to be the person to protect them, it's something that definitely needs to be looked at. And not only do we have to look at racial bias and profiling, we have to look at who we're hiring in those um, cities that are primarily made up of a certain race you know we wouldn't want a police department full of white male and female police officers if you're in for example I mean you can pick Atlanta for example or Detroit if I am in a city full of black people and I call up 911 because I need help I think it would be great to see someone who looks like me in a position of quote-unquote power. 
just because, you know, they they look like me. You know what I'm saying? They look like me. There's already a level of trust there just because they look the exact same as me. And they probably know things that I have gone through. And that goes a long way. You know, if you're living in Detroit or you're living in Atlanta and you call 911 and then there's a white police officer, sometimes they do not always understand you. And that's okay. But that can also be dangerous just because... They don't know what you've been through. They don't know how you're quote unquote going to react. And I think that's where a lot of times these miscommunications happen just because you have officers that don't really understand the culture of like a city that you're living in, which brings me to my next point of how you should hire people who live in that community because they feel more greatly of protecting that community. So I'll touch back on that later. But as I was saying, it's hard for someone who isn't in that community to understand that community. So going more into that, if myself, if I lived in San Francisco, no, because I don't really know the um, city that well. So I'm going to take Michigan, for example. So if I live in Sterling Heights, Michigan, and Sterling Heights is nowhere near Detroit, just to give you guys a visual pointer. If I live in Sterling Heights, Michigan, and I am a white female, for example, instead of a black female, and I live in Sterling Heights, as I said, and I get hired to police uh, in Detroit, Now, while I am still technically from Michigan, Detroit isn't where I grew up. Detroit isn't my home. So naturally, it is kind of harder for a person who didn't grow up in that community to really put their lives on the line for a place that they didn't grow up calling home for people that don't really look like them. And even though that shouldn't be the case, that is a lot of times that's the reality of some things um when certain things happen um for example like if i am that person that was grown up that i had grown up in sterling heights and i get that sterling heights police department job i'm going to be ecstatic sterling heights is my home i want to protect the people of sterling heights because i know them and i want to protect them and now while this isn't you know technically right and it shouldn't be that way sometimes that's how it is but there's a way that we can combat that which brings me to again another point of how we can better the police force is um community policing and community policing is something that is very very important I think because community policing Policing happens a lot on student campuses, and I know that's something that Georgia Tech Police Department has been very, very um, high on, um, just being a, a community police department, you know, building trust with our students, and that's something that I think would go a long way with people who hasn't grown up in the city that they work for, because 
um, let's face it, oftentimes people grow up, they they move out of the city, they go somewhere else, you know, I don't plan on moving back to Detroit um, when I leave Georgia Tech, so wherever I end up, I have an obligation to protect those people of the city that I currently live in and the community that I live in. So even for me, I think it would be important just for community outreach, um, just being collaborative with the community and um, just building trust with that community, you know, and I think um, you've seen different, there are different studies that show that when you use community policing and just building trust between police department and citizens, it can definitely help um, with reducing crime, getting strategies to reduce crime, you know, neighborhood watch, people feeling comfortable enough to actually come to you when there is a crime. I think that's another thing that um, is an issue, not necessarily within the police department, but that lack of trust does have an effect because when there is something that goes on in, I guess you can call it a rough neighborhood, the citizens don't Sometimes they just don't feel comfortable um, filing a report with the police department just because there is a lack of trust. There's no type of um, relationship between them. So that can also help with crime rates, um, actually finding the perpetrators of a crime, helping victims and everything like that. Just adding some spotlight to those hotspot areas because everywhere in America, no matter where you live, there are hotspot areas that um, come with territory that have a high rate of crime. And I think when you're just building trust with those around in the community, whether that be churchgoers, regular citizens, you know, having a um, donut or coffee with the cop, just being able to actually talk to someone and humanize a police officer. Because oftentimes we do forget that police officers are human. And no, this isn't a justification for some of the way that um, they behave. But at the same time, they are human. And I think it's not just oh, the police need to do this, the police need to do that. The police can um, help and try to build trust with the community all they want, but if the citizens don't equally try to put in that effort, then we will just keep going and keep going into this um, this cycle. In addition to um, community policing and the implicit bias and everything, my personal favorite that would easily, easily um, better the police force and you know it already has is just using video recording you know for accountability purposes a lot of officers now have um, dash cameras if there's always been dash cameras on the cars and everything but now you have the actual camera on the officer so anything that is happening the camera can see and eventually that can be public knowledge for when there is something that goes on and there's um a debate on whether this happened or that happened and that's just something that I think has definitely helped and will continue to help um the the 
the improvements that basically need to be done within the police department. Um, right now, I think what's going on is I touched a little bit on this. Like while we were in our internship, we talked about the way that there can be police um, cameras on you. Right now at the Georgia Tech Police Department, they're like on your chest where your vest is. And that is, um, it's a pretty decent place to have it. You know, you can see everything that, uh, they see when they turn their body and everything, but there is some things that can obscure the video, um, you know, with the hands being up, if they have their weapon drawn or anything like that. So we try to touch on like, well, how about glasses? Would glasses work, you know? And the thing with glasses are if, yeah, they could work, you know, because if you move your head the camera obviously moves too, so you truly would see every single thing that the officer saw. But the problem with that is when you get into a, um, if let's God forbid, like you get into a shootout. So as soon as there's a type of shootout or a disturbance, you know, um, there's a possibility that the glasses can fly off, especially if you um don't wear glasses as it is it can be kind of uncomfortable and things like that so uh we're still there's still like talks about different ways to wear a body camera but the body cameras are definitely something that need to continue to be used and um continue uh, to get used by other police departments as well. Just the only downfall with those sometimes is, um, the tampering of footage. You know, there's all different types of ways that you can try to tamper footage to make it look like it's something that it's not or take away something that you don't want to be seen. So it's extremely important that, um, there are protections and protocols that cameras are always um remaining activated and that there is no type of way that you can tamper with the footage when it does go into um that cloud and everything that's something that is extremely um extremely important and one of the last things that I want to touch on when it comes to bettering the police force is stop military like militarizing law enforcement you know um, we shouldn't see police officers, regular police officers having these shields, these helmets, like all of these different types of things when they're just common police officers. Now, if you're the SWAT team or, uh, anything like special fields, I, I don't know all of the, uh, groups that there are within the police department, that's something different. I think that's totally different but if you are a regular patrol officer if you're a detective there is no reason why uh they should be able to just go into the lockup with all of the uh equipment and weapons that they have and be able to put on a full like uh SWAT suit essentially like even when it comes to protests and things like that it just looks very militant, and I think we need to keep those militant uh, characteristics to the military. If something like that has happened, 
uh, then you need to call the military or get the guard down and everything like that. I think we just need to keep the regular police officers, as said, regular. Um, we need to be able to trust them. And I think it just goes back to community policing. Um, I wouldn't feel comfortable trying to talk to a police officer who looks like he's been through boot camp with other military officers. Um, it's just that just doesn't make me feel the safest, I guess you can say. I think instead of militarizing law enforcement, we definitely need to look more at doing things that um doing things that makes us more comfortable talking to them so like that's them understanding mental health more uh and everything of that nature I just don't think we need more weapons in these officers hands just because of the things that um have already happened and that's something that I also had asked about what my time at my internship was just the use of some type of uh some types and forms of the weapons that were being used just because there are ex there's a lot of different types of weapons there's your primary weapon your secondary weapon your baton your um your pepper spray your non-lethals um your non-lethals that could potentially turn lethal depending on how you fire them and there's all these different weapons that these police officers have so that it can protect them in these different types of um in these different types of scenarios that can possibly come up and i think we're just forgetting one of the main things is like all we're all human you know and i think it can definitely go a long way with just understanding each other i think we don't take the time out to try and understand each other anymore and I'm not saying that everything will just disappear with talking, but I do think it comes a long way and it just goes back to the whole idea of that community policing. It's just positive interaction between law enforcement and citizens and just partnerships and problem solving together I think p community policing is something that needs to be looked at more and not just on college campuses I think when you do community policing everywhere in all cities it really will build this um trust and will help um reduce crime and everything like I said so I hopefully there are some works being done with community policing instead of just that militant style, that authoritative style of policing, and it would help us a lot um, along the way. So uh, that's all I have for this episode. Um, next episode, I think I'm going to dive into the whole defund the police um, argument that has been circulating around with uh, the rise the re-rise of the Black Lives Matter movement and just shed some light onto that um, and everything of that nature. So thank you guys for listening. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did.